This is a Research in Practice podcast, supporting evidence-informed practice with children and families, young people and adults. Hi everyone, my name is Jessica Wilde and I'm the Domestic Abuse Lead for Research and Practice and today we'll be talking about the recently completed Domestic Abuse and Child Protection Change Project. It was a national project with the aim of exploring and supporting new conceptual and practice developments in responses to families where domestic abuse is an issue of concern for child protection services. It drew upon the latest international research, emerging practice approaches, as well as expertise from people with lived experience to open up possibilities for understanding why domestic abuse is such a key driver of demand in child protection, as well as to understand how it might be better responded to by approaches that are more humane and socially transformative. Another key aim was to collaboratively produce outputs and learning resources which could support policymakers and practitioners in their work supporting families where there is a person causing harm in order to enable better outcomes for children and whole families. This podcast series represents one of those learning resources which we hope will go some way to embedding some of the valuable contributions from leaders and practitioners who were engaged in the project so that their insights might be mobilised or applied elsewhere in the country. The project was led by Professor Kate Morris of Sheffield University, Professor Bridge Featherstone of Huddersfield and Sharon Inglis, a restorative practice consultant. And there were representatives from approximately 30 local authorities and voluntary sector partners who took part in the project. One of the local authorities represented on the project was Bristol and Katrina is here to talk about her experiences on the projects. So Katrina, can I ask you to introduce yourself, please? So I'm Katrina Murphy, I'm an area manager from Bristol City Council Children and Families. Thank you and thank you for um, taking the time to speak to us today. Um, I'll just start off with the first question then. Um, So thinking about your work locally, can you give me a sense of um, how you or your teams currently approach child protection work with families where domestic abuse is a concern or where there's a perpetrator of domestic abuse? So um, we use science of safety and um, also have been training our workers in systemic approach to social work. And so I think we do some very good work with women and children, particularly getting the harms, the danger statements and um, safety goals worked out. Where I think... um, we need to really improve is involvement of fathers so when we get child protection referrals through fathers have often been removed by the police uh, and um, or somewhere else for a few days so the work tends to start with the um, women and children as it's normally women that um, have been assaulted and harmed and children as well and the fathers tend to get left out um, and maybe our relationship with them can often start in quite a difficult vein when we find they've come back into the family again. So I think that's, uh, you know, we, we do one side of the work really well, but the whole family approach, I think we're we're working to improve on. Thank you. Um, And I guess so building on that, can you give me an idea of how the change project has possibly informed or shaped your thinking locally, potentially in relation to some of those issues you've just mentioned? So I think the whole experience of participating in the change um, project was um, so helpful in really 
um, helping me rethink um, our approach. Um, we did a really excellent exercise at the start of the project where um, we looked at the words that were said by a whole range of professionals to a mum that had been um, harmed by her partner. And it was just so, you could see it was so confusing. She was given contradictory advice, nothing aligned. And that to me was very powerful in, in um, making me really appreciate the lived experience of many mums um, in that situation. So that was that was brilliant. We looked at lots of um, research, which um, having up to date and current research and evidence based, on, you know, challenging what is the evidence base for some of the things that we're doing was excellent. Um, and uh, having the multiple disadvantages and looking at um, factors like poverty, disadvantage, how that really plays out the needs of adults. Um, as, as well as just the core focus of um, child protection and um, really assisted in widening perspectives. And I was able to bring a lot of information back to my authority. Um, so I think it has um, really influenced me very positively and re-energized me into thinking, right, this, this can't go on. I want to do something about it. Thank you. And yes, certainly I've heard that from other people as well, that they've um, they've kind of similarly had that experience of feeling motivated to, uh, to do things differently. Um, and you mentioned that you took quite a lot of the... Um, the research or the learning from the project back to your local authority. Um, and I wondered, can you give me um, any examples of what, maybe where it's been applied to um, either local strategy or maybe service planning or commissioning or even, you know, just frontline practice? So one of the things we had in Bristol was a mayoral commission into domestic abuse and looking at how the whole city can provide much better services to tackle domestic abuse and support the people involved. And I was able to bring some of the research in, uh, help um, shape some of the language about um, not shaming fathers as perpetrators, but seeing them as, you know, people who have caused harm in their families, but also people who need help. And I, I feel using some of the research that we were exposed to really helped me speak with authority um, in the meetings that we had to shape up that policy and the, the final policy does have some influence. And the other thing that um, I'm really excited about is that we have got some money allocated to have four domestic abuse specialist practitioners allocated within social work teams as um, workers that will implement the safe and together approach. So we're going to trial this um, for a year and if it is successful, we would roll, roll it out, hopefully, um, and be a permanent part. And we have that 
quite successful model already in Bristol where we have a primary mental health specialist attached to our social work teams um, for consultation and some direct work. And so we are, are going to use that model. Um, and I don't think that would have happened if I hadn't participated in the project. And um, we've, we've done the interviews, we've appointed um, sort of four really good candidates. And so I am really looking forward now to over the next two months getting it up and running. And I think once our social workers see the possibilities of what can be done, um, they will fly. Thanks, Christine. And that's really exciting to hear that you're about to roll that out. Um, and yeah, just to kind of flag to, to listeners, the Safe and Together model that Katrina is referring to is something we discussed during the project. And there are um, some accompanying resources um, if you're interested in learning more. Um, so just thinking about one of the things that you discussed a minute ago, you mentioned um, a point about language, and it's something that several of the other um, uh, people who've participated in this series have also mentioned. And I wonder if you could just elaborate a little bit about that point on language. I think the um, the shame uh, involved in domestic abuse is probably what holds the adults, the parents involved back from getting help and it's very easy for professional groups to locate um, blame and um, you know have you know one person is good and one person isn't good and um, you you know that then carries on to really sort of give messages particularly to um, the dads that are causing the harm. And what we know is that alienating people and not getting them involved in taking some responsibility for their children and um, helping them with you know, what, what they need to, to sort of be a better dad um is 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 really a, a pointless exercise in that what then happens is um families get back together because couples want to be together children miss their parents and they feel they have to hide from the agencies that are there to offer help um so i think there's such a vicious circle um and um using different language to describe behaviours helps open possibilities to provide different services. Um, and, you know, I'm absolutely not saying that we sanitise the horrendous violence that many of our mothers experience, but um, if we use blaming and shaming language, all we're going to do is, you know, alienate and my view is, uh, you know, we can all identify what the problems are, but what we're going to do to help with those problems. Thank you, Katrina. You know, you've, you've, you've captured, I think, one of the, the key reasons why 
we need to try and do things differently, um, which is kind of a common thread, I think, across many of the local authorities that we, we worked with. Um, and so finally, uh, could you maybe talk a little bit about um, some of the challenges um, as well as the, the opportunities you kind of envisage um, for your service or for Bristol as you move forward? And you've kind of touched on it a little bit referring to the um, upcoming model. So I think one of the challenges is the child protection system itself. Um, I qualified as a social worker in 1986 and then we were doing the exciting sort of project of having parents coming to case conferences. And what struck me when I really looked into this is I don't think we've changed much in all those years how we organise our child protection systems and conferences. And I don't think we have a lot of evidence to show that they are particularly supporting change. So I think that's one of the challenges that I um, feel very keenly that I need to do something about is to try and influence how we organise case conferences. And I think the other big challenge for me is um, looking at the audits we did as part of our research and the time scale so social work is a highly regulated activity we have quite rapid time scales from you know referral to strategy to case conference it pushes families into making decisions and we create safety plans but the time scales of other agencies aren't as rapid so we might identify parents' needs, support with mental health or support with substance use, but they might be on a very different timescale to the um, social work timescale, which is if we don't see change by the nine months conference, we, we should be doing thinking of something else. And the other um very important aspect of the research coming through is the impact of poverty, inequalities, disadvantage, and you know the, the sort of intersectionality of all the, the combination of, of these um, discriminations on families probably doesn't give families that we're working with much of a fighting chance to make all the changes that you need to make in a timescale that's suitable to us. And, you know, I don't I don't want to paint such a bleak picture. We have some families where they really do make lots of changes very quickly. And, you know, in Bristol, we have low numbers on the child protection plan because we're working very cooperatively with a lot of families. Um, however, I think there are families that suffer multiple disadvantages that really slip through a lot of nets. So for me, really promoting the ACE agenda, promoting trauma-informed practice, and that whole family service is something that I want to take forward into the future. Thanks, Katrina. 
do you have a sense of who you need on board to take that forward? I think um, the the safeguarding board um, is will be very influenced by our mayoral commission um, because that's a multi agency board, and um, I think we we will need to work with local partners more effectively to say look, you know these people need this service now. Um, I think we do help a lot by using trauma-informed language and you know in in Bristol other agencies are looking at um, changing language using trauma-informed approaches. Also um, we have an ACE ACE agenda in Bristol and that is linked into our whole city plan. So I, I think some of the groundwork is done um, but it will really be um, helping get that filtered down in agencies and also getting some success stories so that people can see that actually if rehousing was provided and uh, help with employment um, to get um, someone back into work, it actually can have as much an effect as as sort of social work and CAMS work and all all the other sort of services that help with the support around trauma. So I definitely think there's a a big job to tackle, but um, if people see success stories, they can often then alter and change. Um, So I think we're well placed in that we've got the strategy behind us and we've got the desire to do change in Bristol or to make change in Bristol and what we need to do now is awareness raising and one of the things that our safeguarding board are going to do is do some awareness raising using the um, Safe Together model um, with partners so one day training sessions as awareness raising so I think raising so I think that will be a real help um, as well. Thank you. Yeah, and a, a really kind of compelling uh, justification for really good multi-agency cross-sector working there, I think. Um, absolutely. Well, thank you, Katrina. Um, before we close, is there anything else you'd like to mention? Um, I think the um, impact of poverty and disadvantage and discrimination could play a much bigger part in social work and um I, I i think you know as a social worker i would like to get more into into highlighting that as part of the understanding of how a family have ended up in some of the situations our families end up in so that it moves away from the individual family and their individual problems to looking at more of what can we do as a city to really change things for those families who are in the very disadvantaged groups in our society. So that was a a real help um, being exposed to some of that research and uh, learning 
about um, some of the projects in other parts of the world. Um, and I'm just thinking, right, what could we do here? Yeah, absolutely. And that was a really big focus of the project, kind of shining a light on um, how intersectionality might assist in, in developing and expanding our response and also attending to the, uh, the impact of poverty, as you say. Mm. Um, absolutely. Well, we'll leave it there, Katrina. Um, thank you so much for your time. listening to this research and practice podcast we hope you've enjoyed it why not share with your colleagues and let us know your thoughts on twitter tweet us at research ip